0: let us pray father we thank you for your faithfulness we thank you for what you have done you have done what no man could do you've done what we definitely can't do you've opened the way for healing for restoration Lord, in the midst of all of the busyness of life, in the midst of all of the things that are happening around us, we just come to you and we rest in your presence right now and we ask that you be glorified in our minds, that you may be made bigger, made stronger, made more visible, made more real, that we would see the reality of who you are and what you have done. We thank you and we bless you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to remind you that in two weeks, it is Christmas. And uh, we're going to be having a big celebration here. We're going to be rejoicing with the Sunday school kids as the children's ministry brings their special program. They've been rehearsing, right? They've been doing an amazing job. So bless them. And uh, we're excited to see what the Lord is going to do with that. Uh, Uh, Today, we continue with uh, our theme. Last week, I shared a verse with you. I don't know how many of you caught it. It's a verse from Isaiah chapter 8, and the words of that verse are very powerful. So let me just uh, read those words once again. Do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear and do not dread it. There is so much that the world all around us calls conspiracy. And uh, we sometimes get caught in the midst of it. We get caught in the dialogue. We get caught, caught in the narrative. But we have to be a different people. We have to have a different mindset. and. Uh, all of these different Christian seasons that we go through, and right now we're going through a season called Advent. Advent, as I mentioned last week, is the word that means the coming, the unveiling, the revealing. So as we are coming to Advent, we're in the third Sunday of Advent. Today's focus, the third Sunday's focus is joy. And I'm sure you've heard many different sermons on the word joy and uh, the difference between joy and happiness. Sometimes people think that it's just, you know, Christians being funny and being weird, trying to distinguish between these two words. The root of the word happiness comes from the foundation of that word's meaning which is luck, or fortune, or a good event. So, in fact, happiness is dependent on the things that happen to you. Whereas joy is something totally different. It's a disposition inside about what you have not experienced externally. But it's an internal disposition. I hope that helps separate the two. Joy is an eternal heart posture whereas happiness is by the very definition of the word and it has lost that definition over the time, over the years. There are some different philosophies and religions out there that push for happiness. Happiness again depends on the circumstances and the happiness of the happenings around us. Okay, you may disagree with me on that, but let's keep going. We're looking at joy today. So I'm going to share with you three different stories within the Christmas story. And the Christmas story is written in the Gospels of Matthew and the Gospels of Luke. And we're going to be looking at it from uh, an interesting perspective, And uh, the perspective is going to be looking at three different individuals or three different groups of people. First one is going to be Mary. Second one is going to be Joseph. And the third one is going to be the three wise guys, I mean wise men. (laughs) Mary, Joseph, and the three wise men. And why am I doing that? Because there are three things that are the enemies of joy. Three things that will attack and steal your joy. So I'm going to talk about all three of those, but I won't just leave you there. Before the end of the sermon, we're going to look at the way to counteract, the way to have a response or an antidote or an antibiotic, if you will, to the leaking of joy. Okay, so let's get started with where we're going to go. The fact that David, King David, writes and speaks about the fact that he is praying to God in Psalm 51, he's saying, restore to me the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. That prayer that David prays in Psalm 51 should be a helpful encouragement to us because it shows us that joy leaks, but it can be restored. I wonder how many of us came in here at a maximum level of joy. Maximum. One. Okay. Anybody else? Two, three, four, five. Okay, wonderful. Have you had experiences through the week that have caused your joy to start weakening? Yes? Oh yeah. Have you stayed there for some time? Yes. Have you had experiences where there's days where you don't feel the joy? Have you had weeks? Have you had months? If you're honest with yourself, and I'm honest with you, there's been periods in our lives where the joy has been robbed out of our experience. We contend with different things in our lives. Happiness is already dealt with. We've lost the happiness. And now we're contending to even maintain a certain level of joy, but even that is difficult to hang on to. So let's look at Mary. Mary is a young girl the scripture doesn't tell us her age, but she was betrothed to a man called Joseph. Let's look at the scripture. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee to Nazareth, called Nazareth. To a virgin engaged that's a bad word there. It should be betrothed to a man in, whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The word "betrothed" is a word that we have lost the understanding of betrothal was a legal interaction it wasn't just a guy kneeling on the ground and having nice candles and flowers and asking her to say yes and then the lights come on because she said yes that's not the way betrothal was in that day betrothal in that day was a legal transaction that involved signing of documents that involved the rabbi who represented the law of the land of Israel. And it was to be done one year before the wedding day. And in that period, they are legally bound to each other. But they're not living under the same roof. They don't have intimate relations. They are building towards the day of marriage where the marriage now will become complete so in a sense they were pre-married the virgin's name was mary and notice that twice in this passage the word virgin is mentioned because it's an important fact in the relationship between the woman and the man and the betrothal if the virginity of the girl wasn't complete whole there was grounds for Divorce. They would not just separate out of the betrothal, they would actually have to go through a legal divorce. It's that binding of a relationship. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this was, this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid. The first thing that can rob and cause your joy to leak is fear. Fear whenever you experience a situation that is different than what you are used to or that is going to cause something to happen in your life, a fear that is now shaking you up beyond what your capacity has been in the past. She experienced this angel, and if you read the Christmas story in multiple versions, in Luke and in Matthew, you will find the word afraid or fear or do not fear multiple times in the story. In the Christmas story, when we come to thinking of celebration, we think of, All the carols that we hear in the malls right now that have been somehow neutralized from mentioning the name Christ. We hear them without the lyrics. We hear the songs, but we don't hear the lyrics. But sometimes even when we hear the songs, it causes something to rise up. The word joy is built into most of the Christian carols that we sing at Christmas time. Joy to the world. Silent night even speaks of that. But as we look at all of this, Mary, the angel comes to her and he says, do not be afraid. For you have found favor with God and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the, God, the, the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, he will rule over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom and to of his kingdom there will be no end. you're a 13 14 year old girl, maybe sixteen. you are legally bound to this man called Joseph of the tribe of David, Judah and now you have this angel telling you that you're going to be the mother of a child and you're still not with a man, you're still a virgin. That's a lot to process. Nazareth is a small town. If word got out that this girl who's not married is now pregnant, the law is pretty clear. I mean, it's a weird thing. I don't know how Silva and I would react if Sarah came to us when, before she was married and says, guys, uh, I'm pregnant, it's God. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that would be the reaction. None of us would believe her. Would you think it was different with Mary? If she was to go to her parents and say, mom, dad, I'm pregnant. Okay, Mary, what happened? Who's the father? Uh, nobody, God. <laughs> what would the reaction be? She's processing all of this. She's young, but she still gets the facts. They used to get married much younger back then, so she had a lot of information at her disposal. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I never learned this in physics uh, in, in uh, physical education. I never learned this at, uh, I'm sure they didn't have sex ed the way our kids have sex ed now. But she also knew enough to know that that's not how it happens. What is this Holy Spirit of God that's going to overshadow me and the power of the Most High will overshadow me for the child will be, the, to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God and now your relative, Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Fear is is one of the top leakers of joy. When you experience fear, so here is the point of the sermon. When you find that you're lacking joy in your life, out these three thermometers. The first one is, is there fear in my life? What am I afraid of? Usually it's tied into shame or guilt. If there is fear, look for these other two culprits next to it, shame and guilt. So what is the response to fear? The story tells us. The angel tells her all of these wonderful things that are going to happen in her body. He doesn't tell her how to deal with it with her fiancé or her betrothed husband-to-be. He doesn't tell her how to deal with her parents. But Mary's response gives us a hint as to how to deal with fear that has robbed our joy. Then Mary said, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry. And she said, Oops. exclaimed with a cry blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb and why has this happened to me that the mother of my lord comes to me for as soon as i heard the sound of your greeting the child in my womb leaped for joy leaped for joy when fear has been replaced by trust and obedience joy is restored In Mary's case, she never lost joy because she obeyed and she walked and continued. So Elizabeth is talking to Mary. Joy is happening in Elizabeth. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by by the Lord. And Mary replies, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit... Say it out loud rejoices in God my savior when you are experiencing a lack of joy and you put the thermometer on it and you find that it's based on fear the restoration is walking in trust and believing so the obstacle to joy anxiety or fear that steals your joy When faced with anxiety, choosing to trust God and accepting his plan casts out fear. What about Joseph? You know, he's an amazing character that throughout the story is generally very silent. Do you know people like that? I'm not generally very silent. I get right in there and deal with things, words, actions. Joseph was a quiet man. Let's read what the scripture tells us about him. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged, betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found pregnant, to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her in public uh, that, excuse me, expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. Betrothal is a legal transaction that, to end it, would be the same as divorce. He didn't know what to believe. Like, imagine her parents' reaction when she told him she's pregnant. What about Joseph's reaction? What do you think he went through? What was his response to this pregnancy? This very unusual pregnancy. What were some of the things that he would have felt? Anger? Disappointment? Shock? Betrayal? Betrayal is pretty huge. I mean, okay, fine. Uh, You're going to lie to me and tell me that it was the Holy Spirit, fine. But you're no longer the virgin that I entered into this relationship with. All his hopes, all his dreams shattered. But he was a righteous man. And the scripture says that he didn't want to publicly humiliate her or shame her or expose her to public disgrace. So he was going to do it quietly. But just when he resolved to do this, he resolved to do the right thing. He could have taken her to the city gates and told the elders, Look at this woman. She pretended to be a virgin. We have a contract to get married. She's lied to me, and she's lied to the neighborhood, to the the family, and whoever she slept with, now she's pregnant, and I am not going to take this. And you know what the answer to that is. Stoning. She would have been finished. But he didn't want to do that. He opted to do something different. He did not want to take revenge. He did not want to have his day in the public court. He wanted to have something different he resolved in his heart to cover her. Even though he was going to separate and divorce from her, he did not want to expose her. But just as he had, when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, and he will save his people from their sin. That's what Jesus means. God who saves. Yeshua. Yah is God. Shua comes from the, word, the root of the word sal, uh, saving. And then as soon as that happened, he resolved in his heart first not to publicly shame her, not to take his day in, uh, for revenge, not to harbor this whole thing in his heart. He was going to just... Be gracious. And he was going to let it go. Okay, it's not her. She's not going to be the wife that I had hoped for. God has something else in mind. All of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken of the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's what the angel is telling him. When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife but had no marital relationship with her until she had born a son and he named him Jesus. We saw anxiety and fear as being a leaker of joy. There's another one. Resentment. Now this is very slippery. Resentment as a result of being hurt or betrayed. We're all open to that. We cultivate that. We live in a society where we are all broken and we hurt each other. I'm sure I've hurt all of you to some degree at some point. Some of you have let it go. Some of you have been gracious and laughed it off. Some of you hold on to it. Not just me, but others have hurt you. Others have betrayed you. I've just gone through a recent experience where I have been betrayed by somebody very close to me. Some of you know about it, some of you don't. It's an amazing experience to go through something like that. It can harden you. It can make you very protected, self-protecting. It can expose a lot of stuff that's inside. Your reactions to being hurt and betrayed demonstrate the kind of character that you have. Wow, that's a big, bold statement. Joseph resolved how he's going to react to this betrayal by Mary. Now, notice it wasn't a real betrayal. Mary didn't go out and sleep with someone. But from his lens, it was a betrayal. And a lot of times, a lot of hurt that we go through, a lot of pain that we go through isn't based in fact. It's based in our lenses. Perception is reality, right? We perceive it this way and it has to be this way because that's how my logic tells me it is. That's how my observations tell me it is. And we build stories based on that. And we get hurt and we feel betrayed and we feel left behind. But the answer, the solution when faced with hurt or betrayal is to choose exactly what Joseph did. He chose to extend grace, forgive, and let it go. That kind of behavior protects your joy. So we have two thermometers so far. If you're lacking joy and some of you put your hands up and said, yeah, this, I've, I've lacked joy, check if you have any anxiety or fear check if you feel that you've been betrayed or hurt or wronged, and then act on them according to these things. If you feel anxiety or fear, trust God and obey his word. If you feel that you've been betrayed or hurt, let it go. Forgive the person. Extend grace. You don't know the whole story. You have no idea that it was in fact God who came and told Mary she's going to be pregnant. You have only seen the bump And the bump says that this is what happened. She lied to me. But that's not the fact. Even the fact that you see the bump, your eyes are telling you the truth. There is a baby in there. But that's not the reality. That's not the whole story. And then there's another group in this whole story. So far we've seen Mary. We've seen Joseph. There's another group. And it's the group of Wise men that have come from the east. Now, these are an interesting group of people because uh, the Bible t- doesn't tell us where they've come from. Some people feel that it was India, some people feel it was Iran. Wherever it was, it's from the east, over there, the east. And they were a very interesting group of people. They were learned people, they had studied a lot, they knew astronomy. They knew all kinds of things about the stars. They would measure things. And they would follow what their observations were. So they are aware of direction. They saw the star in the east. And the Bible said they followed it. Here, let's read the story. At the time of King Herod, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi, wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who was born king of the Jews? For we observed his star in the east and have come to pay him homage, to worship him. Other translations have different words for that sentence. One of them is really interesting. It says that we have observed his star and we have followed it to here. To here. From the east, they came, and they followed the stars. That kind of an experience is called a trek. They were trekking. They were following the signs, and they took a journey. Have you ever watched the program or the TV series called Star? Star? Trek, because they were on a journey. They wanted to go where no man had gone before, to the extent of the universe, as far and as as, as wide, because they were following signs. They were following directions that weren't there. There wasn't a map that told them how far to go. They were just watching the star that they started to follow along in the sky. Where is the child who was born king of the Jews? We observed his star in the east and have come to pay him homage. In a lot of times in our lives, we are looking for direction. Is this the person I should marry? Is this the job I should take? Is this the house I should buy? Is this, is this, is this, is this? Is this which way, which way, which way? What decisions should I make? A lot of times when we are caught in a situation where we are trying to figure out direction the stress that we experience in the midst of that situation when we have lost direction and are looking to know which way to go, our peace is gone and our joy is gone. So let's continue the story. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, there's fear again, and all Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born, they knew, the rabbis and the chief priests all knew where he was supposed to be born, but just when when he had resolved to do this, oops, wrong, wrong verse. Okay, I don't have the right verses on here, but you can follow along in the story. So as they continued this discussion with Herod, he tells them, when you find him, what are you supposed to do? Come back and tell me so I can go worship him too. But somehow, they knew, and through encounter, they had understood that they're not supposed to go back to Jerusalem and to tell King Herod, but they went a different way. In the midst of confusion, in the midst of losing direction, in the midst of this turmoil that we so often go through, and it's not about the big things only. You have a relationship and you're having some problems in the relationship and you don't know what to do about it. Your friend says one thing, you say another. Your wife says one thing, your husband says another. Your children want something, you don't want them to do that. And you don't know how to deal with it. And you've lost your peace. You've lost your joy. Your health isn't doing so well. You're in the hospital. You're afraid of COVID. You don't know how to protect yourself. All of these different things are basically, how do I live my next hour? How do I live my next day? How do I live my next decade? How do I live the rest of my life? In the midst of all of this, confusion or lack of clarity, unclear direction causes the joy to drain out of your life. So let's see what they did. How did they react to this? In their case, the play on words here is very obvious. They followed the light. They saw the star and they followed it. They followed the light. In our case, it isn't so obvious sometimes. Because the light isn't always there. We don't see a star to direct us to tell us, okay. And you know, it was really a weird star because it came and settled on top of the house. you know, and uh, it was a really weird experience. When we see the, the picture here, we see Mary and Joseph in the, in the stable, we see the baby Jesus, we see the shepherds. There was so much confusion and chaos, the angels had to come and calm things down and tell the shepherds that, hey, the, the, the king of the Jews is born and the one who is to save Israel is born, go and worship him. And the shepherds came and worshipped him. The magi came from the east. That whole scenario, everything is happening. And there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of people asking questions. But as they followed the light, all of them, as they followed the light, they had their peace, they had their joy, and we today have the song Silent Night. But it wasn't so silent for Herod. When the Magi showed up in Jerusalem asking, Where is the king of the Jews? He was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him, it says. So there was a lot of commotion. But they had no idea which way to go. Herod was so angry that he ordered the killing of all children under the age of two after he realized the Magi are, or the wise men are not going to come back and tell him where the baby was. But in the midst of all of this, the word of God tells us something very powerful. Your word is a lamp onto my feet and a light onto my path. The word of God directs us in the most troubling situations. Yeah, but how is that gonna affect me about my decision to buy or sell my house? How is that gonna affect me about who to marry? The Bible doesn't say anything about that no it doesn't but the Bible teaches us how to hear the voice of God and the dwelling of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our hearts gives us a witness inside and that becomes our direction a lot of times in the midst of all the confusion when your joy is lost when you come to make a decision And that decision is in line with God's purposes. Your joy is restored, even though your circumstances around you, the things that are happening, may not bring you happiness immediately. But the joy that's inside, the peace that's inside, is causing you to realize that, yes, this is the direction that the Lord wants me to take. And you take a step into that direction. And you take another step into that direction. And it's a light. It's not a floodlight. It's a lamp unto my feet. I love that scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark where he's standing at the edge of the cave and there's a big, huge expanse between him and the other side of the valley and he has no way to cross there but he looks down and he takes a step and right by that place where his foot lands you see that there is a column of rock st- sticking straight up from the bottom and he is standing on solid ground and then he takes another step and another step and each step he takes is in the invisible but all of a sudden becomes visible and he's standing on solid ground every step of the way it's the picture that i have in my mind of what the word of the lord being a, la- a light a lamp unto our feet and a lamp unto our path you know the street lights there are lamps onto the path. They brighten that spot. If the street lights are all off except for that one, you'll see perfectly in that area where the light is. But you won't see further ahead. But I've been on highways in other countries where as the car is driving, they have sensors so that they save on the electricity and the lights only come on as you drive. And as you're driving, the lights come on and you can see further ahead and further ahead and further ahead. But if you stay where you are, you're not going to see those lights light up until you get there. And that's how it is. God shows you a little bit right in front of you. And you take that step. And wow, another light shines. And you take another step. And another light shines. But it's a journey of walking with the Lord and experiencing Him through His Word, through His presence of the Holy Spirit inside and through the family of God together, hearing together, and discerning together. So there are three obstacles that I want to focus on today with joy. First obstacle is anxiety and fear. When you feel anxiety and fear, and your joy is robbed, choose to trust, and these are all choices. These are not things that happen outside of you. These are decisions that you make in the middle of the situation that doesn't make sense. I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand what it means for me to get pregnant when I'm a virgin. I don't understand how this is going to work. And I'm going to be the mother of the son of the Most High. I don't get it. But the angel tells her that she was chosen. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood a special people and the Lord wants to establish his purposes in you and through you so when you are in the midst of the fear in the midst of the anxiety in the midst of the turmoil and you don't know which way to go trust God and accept his plan when you accept his plan it may not make sense to you but it is what he wants to fulfill in your life notice I didn't say hurt or betrayal the second obstacle is not the hurt and the betrayal. It's what happens in us as a reaction to hurt and betrayal. And what happens in us is a build-up of resentment. If you find yourself resenting anybody, that should be a huge, huge thermometer for you. A blaring red light that's flashing. If you have resentment in your heart and you can't stand that person, you can't stand being around them, you can't stand looking at their face, you can't stand having a conversation peacefully with them, if there is that kind of behavior inside or, or feeling inside of you, you know what the rest of it is going to be. Resentment leads to resistance. Resistance will lead to revenge. These are just domino things that will happen if you don't check the the resentment. That reaction to the hurt and the betrayal, if you don't check it, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I can look at you and I can handle it. But if I start resenting you, something is going to develop inside of me because I'm now giving that a soil to grow in. And the next thing that happens from resentment is resistance. Nothing I say will be acceptable to you. When you get to that place where resentment has become resistance, your mind is gonna work over time as to how to make it right for you. And how to make it right for you is gonna involve revenge. And revenge is deadly. It's a very slippery slope. It's just going to take you down and it's going to destroy you. You, not the other person that you're going to get revenge from. You, you're going to be destroyed. So check your heart. And the joy is already gone. You're just filled with rage, with anger, with just emotions that are not healthy. This is the Christmas time that we celebrate. The joy that has come into the world. So when that happened, God could have felt all those things because of the betrayal of the human creation towards him. Israel's betrayal over the years. God could have felt resentment. God could have felt rage. He could have felt resistance against them. He could have felt revenge for them. But he chose to send his son The Emmanuel, the one who will take away the sins of the people. The one who will restore the relationship by extending grace, forgiving, and letting it go. I don't know who it is today that you need to let go things with. Because it's not hurting them at all. You not letting go of what they've done to you, even if it's very legitimate, you not letting go only hurts you over and again. It doesn't do a thing to the person that hurt you. You're just experiencing the pain over and over again. But God shows us, let it go. Joseph showed, show, show, showed us, let it go. It's bigger than me. I don't understand it. I'm going to do the right thing. And then the angel at that point. Why? Because your reaction to hurt and betrayal shows you. Your character, Joseph's character was shining, and the angel at that point, he God could have very easily, get this, they were betrothed, they were probably going out on walks, checking out this fig tree or that olive tree and laughing together as a young engaged couple. God could have sent the angel at that time and talked to both of them. But he didn't. He went to Mary alone, and he waited until Joseph made the right decision for him to talk to Joseph second. Why? Because he works in us and and works his will in us constantly. I could have been really warned by God about this betrayal that I went through. But God chose not to because he's working something in me and he's developing something in me, in my character. He's trying to get me to look more like Jesus in everything that I am. And he's doing the same thing with you. He's waiting until Joseph makes the right decision and then he comes and says, Joseph, you've done well. What is happening in Mary is of me. You've done the right decision. Keep going. Don't harbor resentment. The betrayal is not real. It just looks that way. The baby inside of her, she didn't sleep with anybody else. I made this happen. This is the fulfillment of the prophecy. And now he has joy again. If you're going through life and you're not clear which way to go, And this lack of clarity or confusion is causing you to be drained of joy in your life. There's only one way. There's only one solution. And that's to follow God's light each step of the way. So as we're looking at Christmas and we hear all the different carols in the malls and we watch all the christmas specials on tv on netflix there's so many different videos about christmas specials it's ridiculous and some of them are so corny amen brother and they just pull you in to watch one more episode or one more show anyway that's not going to satisfy and bring joy to your heart that's just numbing you know have you been on netflix long enough that it stops and it tells you you've been watching nonstop? are you still watching have you ever been there yet Good, <laughs> don't get there. <laughs> I do that when I'm, <laughs> when I'm working with something in the background. i when I to have Netflix running and I'm just listening to it and not even paying too close attention. After, f- I think, four episodes, it pops up and, it's, and asks you, are you still watching? Confession time. <laughs> and I do not Netflix binge. It's just in the background. <laughs> That's how I come for myself. Anyway. Let's get back on track here. In the Christmas Advent season, the focus of hope, the focus on love, the focus on joy, reminds us of these very basic things that we forget throughout the year. Today we've touched three major areas that joy can be robbed. Guard yourself. Jesus said that I have come to give you life and life more abundant. I have come to make your joy complete. Not just to give you an ounce of joy on a Sunday when you're in worship together or online or whatever. however. He wants to have joy in us fully. And that's part of what makes us a distinct people. That we are not based on circumstance. That we are not based on the things that are happening. That there is a joy inside of us that is oozing out and touching others and changing them. Let's stand up and pray together. Father, we just want to thank you that you are so faithful. And we thank you, Lord, that in your faithfulness, you have chosen to grant us joy. Joy unspeakable. Joy unimagined. Joy beyond what we can create ourselves. This is not a joy that's based on life circumstances or things that are happening or not happening. This is a joy that's based on what you have accomplished and what you continue to accomplish in us in the same way that you did it with Mary through the Holy Spirit you do it in us through your Holy Spirit today so may you bear the fruit of salvation may, be, may we be like David prayed Lord he prayed that we would have a willing spirit that he would have a willing spirit Lord as we face these things whether it's anxiety or fear resentment from hurt or betrayal or confusion and lack of direction give us a willing spirit that would be willing to go with you in the areas that we need to go and restore the joy of your salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen.